Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 72, A Day in the Park. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing, Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I didn't want to leave Matt completely out, so we are still three guys. We are missing Matt tonight. But Matt is in the great state where Disney World lives, so... And not making a trip down. Not making a trip to Disney this time, but he is—he uh, wanted to be on the podcast, but just from a scheduling standpoint, uh, it, didn't, it didn't make sense with everything everybody has going on. So I like that you did include him. We're three guys, but just two tonight. And by everything everybody has going on, you mean playing Kingdom Hearts 3, right? You know, I, I was not going to purchase Kingdom Hearts 3, and then Pete bites the bullet and purchases it, tells me it's awesome. I have not really... And this is not a, a Kingdom Hearts podcast, and I have not really sat down and played it more than about an hour, but so far, so good. I mean, so far, it's Disney to the fullest. I'm glad I purchased it so far. All right. Well, tonight, and this comes from one of our very loyal listeners, the uh, the topic for, for tonight's episode, we're going to go through, if you have one day at Disney World, what do you do? And we're going to look at this from two different angles. We're going to look at this with kids and without kids because, let's face it, it's two very different trips depending on if you have kids or if you don't have kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into that, I think we have a lot of news to catch up on since we missed last week, right? Yes, yeah, so we have, a t- we have a ton of news. Here we go. I'm uh, going to start in Magic Kingdom. Early morning magic has been extended at Magic Kingdom. If you remember, we talked about early morning magic. It is a... Uh, a Disney add-on. It's an upcharge event. It's seventy-nine dollars per adult and sixty-nine dollars per child. It's uh, regular theme and regular theme park admission is required for this upcharge event. So you can't just purchase this and stay in the park. You you have to have, you know, a park ticket. It takes place from seven forty-five a.m. to ten a.m. on select Sundays and Tuesdays. And essentially, what it is is you you book for the the select dates that you want, and that the bookings open through August eighth. And it allows you to enter the Magic Kingdom Park before rope drop. You have breakfast and experience Fantasyland before the park opens. There is a buffet breakfast at Cosmic Rays. uh, And I believe there are some characters that float around, but that's not necessarily advertised. I don't know if this is worth it. Uh, We we can get into this, actually, when we get into the episode with kids without kids one day in the park kind of thing. But I did want you to know that it's been extended, and it's $79 for adults, $69 per child. And that's tax not included in that price. Staying in Magic Kingdom, there's a new Magic Shot available at the Magic Kingdom entrance. So Disney's Photo Pass has debuted a new Magic Shot. It's in front of the train station, and it features Peter Pan flying high above the photo in the sky. I recommend you looking it up before you do the photo if you if you know you planning to purchase it. It's a really really cool uh, photo photo opportunity. If you're an annual pass holder or you bought Photo Pass, obviously don't even think twice about it. Because uh, I've seen pictures of people who have done it. I think it's really, really cool. Moving to uh, Hollywood Studios. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror refurbishment will be starting soon. So, as you guys know, this is one of our favorite attractions at Disney World. It's been around since the mid-1990s. Like any other ride, you know, it's it's going to have to have some refurbishment. So, it looks like Disney is, is ready to give the attraction the refurbishment. 
in the near future as they have a massive refurbishment planned for uh, this year that will be kicking off in just a few weeks. It'll be carried out in phases, so they're going to try to keep the attraction open from what I understand. Because of that, you should expect longer waits and you should expect, expect limited fast pass availability. The example that I'll give you is if you remember back when Toy Story Mania was doing this, there's three tracks at Toy Story Mania. And when they were changing over the queue, they would close one or two tracks at a time. Very similar to at, at Tower of Terror. So they're going to keep the ride operational because, quite frankly, I still don't think Hollywood, and Pete may disagree, but I don't think Hollywood Studios could survive without all the attractions open right now until Galaxy's Edge opens. If you go down, expect longer wait times and expect the Fast Pass availability to be lacking. You know, and in short, if this, to, to any way this could alter your trip, probably wouldn't put this Fast Pass above being able to get a Slinky Dog or a Toy Story Mania even or a Rock and Roller Coaster, I still would wait to stand by here because you could hop on pretty easily in the morning. But I would definitely, I would definitely do it early in the morning yes. rather than rather than wait and try to get on it. Totally agree because all the malfunctions that Tower of Terror has all the time. Now think you're going to be limited to one one track and that could really throw you for a loop. A preview of Dumbo will be coming to Walt Disney Presents. If you guys have watched TV lately, you probably have seen a preview of Dumbo. It looks like March 1st, a sneak peek of Disney's new live-action Dumbo will be presented at the Walt Disney Presents attraction. It'll be staying through all month long, and the film is set to release March 29th of 2019. There's a lot of live-action movies I'm excited for. Dumbo is not one that I would have told you initially that I was excited for, but after seeing the preview, I can't wait. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, I know we had mentioned on previous podcasts that Kevin from the movie Up, uh, if you remember, Kevin is the bird from the movie Up, he would be debuting at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Well, that has happened. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, Kevin, the bird from Up, has been appearing at Animal Kingdom in the Discovery Island area of the park. Right now, the character kind of wanders around the front area of the park, and guests can interact by petting Kevin, talking to Kevin. She she will squawk back, and Kevin is a she. That's kind of the funny part about the name. And you can take photos with Kevin, but it's, it's no set schedule. Kevin just kind of appears randomly throughout the day. I would assume they will eventually have time guides for Kevin. Pete and I both have seen this character interaction online. It looks incredible. Disney did a fantastic job on it. Blew my expectations away. Yeah, this this puppet is absolutely amazing. And if you're going to be around Animal Kingdom, highly recommend that you uh, that you try to at least go see Kevin, if not interact with her. You know, and the thing is, if you've been a listener of any length at all, you would know that we're not, at this stage in life, none of us are character, you know, park. We don't go to the parks to visit characters, and we both would stop at Animal Kingdom to, to see Kevin, or we would try to see Kevin if we went. So a lot of Disney Springs news, because I want to save Epcot for last, because Epcot by far has the biggest piece of news. So we're going to stay with Disney Springs right now. The Grapefruit Garage will be opening next month. It, we've talked about this a lot. It'll be an additional 3,000 vehicles. It's a $58 million project. It'll support uh, the lime and orange garages, so you should easily be able to find parking. Uh, that's one piece of news. Uh, Ron John Surf Shop will be coming to Disney Springs. It'll be a 10,000 square foot location. It'll be found in the town center area of Disney Springs, taking over the area that was most recently used to preview the new Kingdom Hearts game and the Disney Corner. So I, I don't get excited about this. I mean, having been to Myrtle Beach hundreds of times growing up like this is to me is just every single beach shop in Myrtle Beach you know and it's the same thing I would imagine people that live in Orlando if they go over to Tampa or they go you know anywhere it's the same thing but needless to say 
Ron, jo- Ron John Surf Shop will be coming to Disney Springs. Staying in Disney Springs, like I said, a couple more items here. The Art Corner is now open. The Art Corner is a new shop run by the Artistic Talent Group. It's open at Disney Springs in the Marketplace area where Little Mismatch used to be. It's a temporary pop-up shop. It features classic watercolor, digital, hand-drawn. I mean, it, it's got pretty much everything you, you could be looking for. So if you're into art and into Disney art specifically, definitely pop in there and see see what they have to offer. Uh, this was this one's a funny one to me. So free chocolate returns to Disney Springs Ghirardelli. And I'll give you the background. Ghirardelli has always given out free samples. No matter where you go, they have free samples. Well, their company, corporation-wide, decided to stop the free samples because they weren't seeing the return on sales that they thought they should be. There was outrage at Disney Springs because there were so many people that would only go into Ghirardelli for the free sample and, you know, no idea if they were selling many. But basically, Ghirardelli, the company, decided to give free chocolate back to Disney Springs because it's such a touristy spot that it seemed like it was worth it. I'm not sure how long this is going to last. I don't know if it's temporary or if it's permanent. But if you're at Disney Springs, stop by while you can get some free chocolate. I know that every time I walk by it, if they're giving something out for free, I'll grab it and keep moving. So I'm probably the reason they stopped doing it, because I don't go in and buy chocolate. But that was a funny one I had to add into the news. And then Dole Whip comes to Disney Springs. It's something we talk about all the time. It's one of the best snacks at Disney World. Dole Whip uh, used to be a Magic Kingdom exclusive treat. But it has now made its way to every theme park at Walt Disney World. And pineapple fans can find them, pineapple Dole Whip fans rather, can find them at the Marketplace Snack Kiosk at Disney Springs. There's a standard version, which would be non-alcoholic. And there are the Dole Whip floats. Uh, It's pineapple juice and spiked with rum at the Disney Springs as well. You can go either route. Dole Whip's fantastic. I don't get it every trip to Disney World, but it it is, uh, it's good nonetheless. Dole Whip and rum, two of my favorite things. Yeah, you know what? That sounds just delightful, right? Although I did have a citrus swirl on our last trip instead of the Dole Whip, and citrus swirl is a close second. I can see that. I can see that. Well, we're moving over to Epcot now. I'm going to save the elephant in the room for the last piece of news at Epcot, so we'll get through the less exciting pieces of news. Beauty and the Beast sing-along will be coming, uh, it looks like, around 2020. There were some rumors that it could have been 2019, uh, but we've, we've kind of confirmed what we've read. 2020 will be the start time. It'll be a sing-along attraction that'll come to the Epcot's France Pavilion. It'll take place in the theater that currently hosts and holds Impressions de France. It'll be a show that will play in addition to the French film. I know the producer is uh, th- the same producer that did the animated and the live-action Beauty and the Beast film, so it should be fantastic. I'm a big Beauty and the Beast fan. It's Don It's Don Hahn, right? It's Don Hahn. Yes, it is. That's I'm, what I thought. I'm a big Beauty and the Beast fan, so I'm excited for this. And we, we always say Epcot can always use... More things to do around the World Showcase. Ralph and Vanellope on the move at Epcot. So they will be, uh, that's a character meet and greet I'm referring to. It is uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. Uh, They will move from their temporary meet and greet location in the Interventions Building West to a permanent location in the Imagineworks area of the Imagination Pavilion. This new space is intended to house several character meet and greets in the future. So if, uh, and we talk, we'll talk about this in our episode, but character meet and greets, if that's something that is in your wheelhouse. Now you know where to go. Here's one that was shocking to me. Viking characters have been cut from the Norway Pavilion. And I'm not shocked because they don't they don't add a lot for me. But I'm just surprised that this is where a cut took place. You know, they're funny. They're they're very very interactive with the guest. 
they kind of free roam around Norway. I've heard them say jokes that are probably just funny to adults. They're great with children. Really surprised that, that, that this character experience, if you want to call it that, will be ending March 30th. And there's no replacement that's currently being planned. I don't have any explanation for why Disney's doing this. And it should it probably shouldn't be as big of a deal as I'm making it. But I feel like this is the last piece of Norway that like you're ripping out. Oh, well, they will be uh, moving out March 30th. Uh, last two pieces of news here. A new musical, Coco Show, is coming to Epcot this spring. It's going to begin on March 6th. It'll be a show that'll be performed in the outside area of the Mexico Pavilion that'll tell the story of Coco in a whole new way. The new show uh, will feature the Marachi group, and it'll be joined by a pair of uh, like Mexican folk dancers who will perform to the music of the film. This is going to be fantastic because the music from the film is awesome. And we all know Coco is going to be the attraction inside the Mexico Pyramid and Pavilion at some point, so we're just inching closer to it now. We're, wait- we're waiting to hear Remember Me... Uh- play instead of the uh, the three caballeros yes i mean it, it, it's happening so you either jump on board and you and you go ahead and run run down the rumor mill with us or you you sit on the sidelines and we'll be telling you i told you so once it happens last bit of news biggest piece of news so excited i thought we were done with these massive tidbits leading up to the 50th anniversary but we're not the former wonders of life pavilion is set to be transformed into a play pavilion so this is after more than a decade it's being being used as a festival center. Wonders of Life has a new purpose. It'll be turned into an attraction space once again. And it's being redesigned and rebranded as Future World's new, uh, air quotes here, Play Pavilion. Not 100% it's going to be the official name, but that's what we're calling it for now. The updated space will be designed to look like an innovative indoor city that'll come to life with interactive experiences, including ones that'll include Disney characters. So no specific IPs on attractions have been confirmed, but the concept art that you can see online features Mickey Mouse, as well as characters from Inside Out, Zootopia, Aristocrats, Sleeping Beauty, Peter Pan, Frozen, and, and more. There's no specific opening date that's been given to us. But it's going to be open in time, or just in time, probably just in time, for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, which is in 2021. This is thrilling news. On top of this, on top of this, they're going to be redoing the entrance to Epcot too. Which, which I'm kind of not super pleased about. I mean, you know, you walk into Epcot now, you've got all the Leave a Legacy. Okay, so let's break it up into two. Let's talk about let's talk about the Wonders Life Pavilion transformation. Then we'll talk about the entrance because I agree, I have something to say on that too. All right, Wonders of Life. I'm I'm thrilled about, right? It's it's great to have something in there, whatever it's going to be. I totally I mean, agree. It, it it may not be something that caters to to me personally, but I think it's going to be Epcot needs that in Future World right now, right? You know, you know what it, you know what it reminds me of. It could look something like what they have in Shanghai Disney. They have like an indoor miniature attractions. I don't think it's going to be quite like that, but the concept where it's so so for young. When children. I think about this, when I think about this, I think about Disney Quest, and I think about the kind of attractions that, that Disney Quest had. So if you remember Design Your Own Roller Coaster, stuff like that is what I think of. Okay, I don't... See, Disney... So you're going a different direction than I'm going. I'm thinking there's going to be more educational things in there. And definitely, I mean, definitely would fit with the theme of Epcot, right? Because don't didn't they talk about in their original, like, what they released, like going back to the roots of what we wanted Epcot to be? Yeah, and, and in, in that regard, going back to those educational roots definitely fits. I don't know. Regardless, even like what Pete said, even if it doesn't cater to us uh, specifically, I can't wait. But now let's talk about the entrance. Let's talk about Leave a Legacy. I would be pissed. I, I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd be pissed. You're taking me I, I out of I, Epcot? I guess I am. Yeah, because they're, again, they're going to be moving the Leave a Legacy 
I guess, monuments yeah. outside. You're moving them outside of the park. Do you mean I paid all that money to be in the park forever and you're moving me out? Yeah. I, I, if, if I were on there, and I wish I were, but if I were on there, I'd be pretty pissed. Look, I, I don't, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be beautiful. It's going to look incredible. But, but you're right. There's something about the entrance that you walk through now that is, that's iconic, right? You walk through these monuments with Spaceship Earth in the background. And it, you know what I compare it to? I compare it to Magic Kingdom right now. And I compare it to Magic Kingdom because previously you got stopped at the train station first thing in the morning, right? You didn't go into the parks. You had the whole train opening ceremony. Now you just walk right up to the castle. It's it's not the same. It's not good anymore. The The opening ceremony at the castle is not nearly as good as the train opening ceremony. And that's what I worry I'm going to feel like about Epcot when this happens. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm more torn. I'm excited for what they're putting there, but I'm more torn up they're moving Leave a Legacy. I don't, I guess I haven't really thought about rope drop situations yet. I just know where I'm at today with it. And if I had my family or my face on the Leave a Legacy, I would be outraged that you were moving me outside of the park. This is going to call, this is going to cause more people to spread ashes in the park. You think I'm kidding? Can't leave, can't leave a legacy in the park anymore. Well, we'll see what happens with it. So let's let's leave it for now. We'll discuss further at a future time, but uh, just know this is coming. That's it. That's it for the news. All right. So I, I want to talk about one more thing. And it's a big deal because, again, not a Disneyland podcast, but Disneyland is kind of Walt's legacy, right? Disneyland is allowing alcohol at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. However, guests that do purchase alcoholic beverages at Galaxy's Edge are going to be required to keep them in Oga's Cantina, which I think is the right decision. I, when yeah, and we and I forgot to cover this. Apologies. When you sent me this, when I, I agree with you, I do think it's the right decision, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's like in Magic Kingdom where you can't bring alcohol outside of be our guest, right? Same concept. Exactly. I I think that you know Walt was always very anti-alcohol in the parks, and I think Magic Kingdom's going to remain that way. I think Disneyland's going to remain that way too. So anyway, I guess that's enough news. We'll uh, pause for just a moment to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll move right into our main topic. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, so let's start talking about what you do with one day at Disney World. Again, as I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to break this down into two subtopics, I guess. We're going to assume half of you are going to have kids, half of you are not going to have kids. And we're going to address each one separately because I think they're really different trips. Let's dive in. I agree with you. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with, I, I guess, 
the more complicated of the two, and that is a trip with kids. So you're looking at one day at Disney World with kids. What park do you go to? I think with kids, it's a no-brainer. It's Magic Kingdom. Now, put, now, I, now set some parameters around the with kids, right? We had to take some assumptions into account for the episode. So, Pete, you want to run through what, what our parameters are? Yeah, so we're going to assume that your kids are old enough to go from open to close at the parks and not freak out because they don't get a nap. Just for one day. I mean, because I, we understand a week long with any age kid is impossible to go open to close every day. But just for one day, gutting through a whole day. Tom gets cranky after three days going open to close. It's, so Exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm just a big kid, though. So we're going to assume that your kids are old enough to go open to close and behave all day. You know, my two-year-old daughter cannot do this at this point, so not for her. We're also going to assume that you're not going during peak season because peak season is really going to limit the amount of attractions, the amount of characters, what you can see and do in one day. We're going to assume that your kids can sit and eat at a restaurant and behave themselves. And we're also going to assume that your kids are going to want to do character meet and greets. Some kids may not be into this, but we're going to assume that your kids do for the sake of this podcast. So let's get rolling. I think the the first and most important thing that we have to address, and I say most important because to me, this really is where your Disney experience begins. If you've got one day, you've got to go all out on this. You've got to stay on the monorail loop. Yeah, I agree. And and we, we have friends who have children who have done Disney and they stay, you know, maybe they're going for a week. They stay monorail loop because of the importance of your kids need to sleep in. You got to get them. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And so getting to the parks really quickly is a huge benefit. And it, it's, it's even, it's, amp, it's, it's magnified even more when you're only going to be there for one day. And especially when, when you, especially when you have kids, because you never know if somebody's going to need a jacket, somebody's going to need something that they forgot in the room. And that's really going to cut your transit time down. And like you said, it allows your kids to sleep in a little bit later because you're staying at the Contemporary going to Magic Kingdom. I mean, you've got 10 minutes tops before you get into the park from the contemporary. So I think that's really important to stay on that monorail loop. You do have other options. You could stay at Wilderness Lodge and take the boat over. It's a relatively short boat ride slash monorail ride, depending on how you go to get there. But I think it's really important to stay as close as possible. And we're talking one day here. We're, we're certainly not, you know, millionaires that can stay wherever. We're talking, if we had one day to do Disney, we're going to spend we're going to spend money to make it the most perfect day in the world. So that's kind of in our assumptions. So yeah, where to stay? Monorail loop. My personal choice would be the contemporary. My wife would choose Polynesian. Pe- I, I'd be at Grand Floridian. So see, and, and it's it's different. Or or Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, contemporary has been a dream of mine to stay at. My wife happens to love the Polynesian, and Pete wants to stay at Grand Floridian. So I mean, it, any of the three would be perfect. So how do you start your day? And this comes from our experience on our latest Disney trip. We stumbled into this for our latest trip, but this is something both of our mothers used to try and book. And we didn't realize what they were doing, but they were booking a breakfast reservation that got you into the park before park open. So think about this. Your kids get to sleep in. You brush teeth, get their clothes on. You don't have to even have to worry about eating breakfast yet because you're going to the park to eat breakfast. So your day already starts. So we did Magic Kingdom as our choice, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think there's any other option with kids. You have to go to Magic. So Kingdom. Crystal Palace is a is a Disney character meet and greet buffet. It hits literally everything that we think is important take, when taking kids to Disney. You have the character meet and greet where they can get comfortable. The characters could come by your table more than once. You have buffet. Everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's going to be full. 
I will say as a, as a kid myself, it was hard to get me to eat because I was so focused on the characters and when they'd visit my table. And it gets you into the park early. So you're already capitalizing on the time that you have at Disney World. So Crystal Palace is a win and Royal Table. Cinderella's Royal Table is another option. Absolutely. You get the same same experience there. I think either one of these, if you can book a reservation here before the park opens, uh, on our latest trip, we went in, we ate within, what, 30 minutes? We had all the characters, we were at Garden Grill and Epcot, all the characters came by multiple times. So we were able to interact with them multiple times, and we were done within 30 or 40 minutes and got to go straight on to Soar. And so same experience at Magic Kingdom. You get at one of these restaurants, you get right out of the parks. And, I, and I'll tell you as an aside here, on our trip, we were not, you know, we would rather the characters spend time with kids than, than waste time with us because it doesn't really move the needle for, for our trip. But to Pete's point, they spent time with everyone in the restaurant and still hit our table twice. And and, and with, with Cinderella Royal Table, it's a little different. It's not a buffet, but it's the same general concept. As a backup plan, if you're staying at any of the resorts we named, there are, there are character meet and greet breakfasts there that you can get in really early as well. So if you can't get into the park, and you want to knock out a character meet and greet early, that's another option. But I think definitely the park is, is your one. best option. Yep, priority and one. Again, it, it gives your kids a reason to want to be in the parks early and to want to get up early. They've got this breakfast to look forward to. And I, I think it really does start your day off right. Anytime you get to eat Mickey waffles and interact with Disney characters, it's a, it's a good day in my opinion. At any age, I agree. So I, th- I think that's how you start your day off. Now... What do you what do you knock out first thing in the morning before before the crowds start to pop in? It, okay, so it, there's two ways you can look at it. If your kids are, and you'll know your children listening to this podcast, if they're really into character meet and greets and the rides have taken a back seat in their priorities, you have to knock out the non-fast pass character meet and greets or even the fast pass ones, either one. There are some character meet and greets at Disney World that are every single day, same spot, same time slots. Those are going to be your fast pass ones. There are others where Disney just releases random characters to random areas at random times. You will stumble upon these in your one day at Magic Kingdom. If you see a short line, hop in it, because you could walk off, come back, and there's a and, and there's no wait time posted. You have no idea how long you're going to wait. So that's definitely what, if your character, if your kids are into character meet and greets, that's the route I would go. I, I agree, and if they're into rides, you want to go for the rides that you know are going to be crowded later on in the day that you don't have fast passes for. And, and so... Peter Pan, Haunted Mansion, any of the roller coasters, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Big Thunder Mountain come to mind for if you're going to have kids. But any of the roller coasters or Splash Mountain, if if your kids are into that. And, and then the Jungle Cruise gets a pretty long line later on in the day. So any of those attractions that, uh, that you don't have a fast pass for that are going to be crowded later on in the day, that's a pretty good place to start your day as well. If your kids are not into those character meet and greets, but the character meet and greets are going to be crowded. And if you don't get there early in the morning, you're going to wait a long time to see the characters. Yeah, I think great points all around. And if you notice the the rides he focused on, there are attractions that one, your kids have to be tall enough. So we took that into account. I was, I was scared of Splash Mountain as a kid. I'm not, not ashamed to say it. So, but Big Thunder never scared me. And I don't think Seven Dwarfs would have either. And you look at height requirements for those and, you know, your smaller children, that, that's kind of what they're built for. They're, they're almost like, you know, Goofy's Barnstormer is another one. While it's a very, it's, it's a very, very short ride, it's not something I would do right away. It's a roller coaster option for children that are maybe a little scared or a little, a little small. So that's what you have to do before the crowds come in because you're going to have that added benefit of being in the park early. 
And there are people running around the park like Pete and myself who are trying to hit Space Mountain 20 times in a row. You don't have to really worry about that. That Those crowds won't bother you. Unless your kids are at that point, which depending on how old they are, you know, if you've got 10, 11, 12 year olds, they, they may be into they're those probably, rides. They're probably at, getting at to that point. point. I would agree. Yeah, that, that age, I was getting into those rides. And so at that point, you know, you, you shift your focus. You don't go on those character meet and greets. You instead focus on those on those bigger rides. And this is where our next point really comes into play, your fast pass strategy. You know your kids. If they're four, five, six, seven, you can be safely assured that character meet and greets are probably more in their wheelhouse. If they're getting to that 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range, your fast pass strategy is going to be critical because you're going to have to figure out, can you live without characters or can you live without rides? And you're going to have to choose wisely and make them as early as possible, both early in the day, so time slots, and you know 60 days out that, that we always harp on this. You know, you're, yeah, we, we talk about this all the time. You make your fast passes as early in the morning as you can, and you make them as early before your trip as you can. Absolutely. You know, are your fast pass is going to be meeting Disney princesses with fast pass opportunities, or, or is it going to be Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder? I mean, those are your, those are kind of the two routes you can go. It, look, it's, it's hard to waste a fast pass. If it's important to you, it's, it's worth getting a fast pass for, unless it's the Little Mermaid ride. That's definitely not worth getting a fast pass for, but any, anything else, if it's important to you, it's worth getting a fast pass for. But again, recommendation, get them as early as you can. Do not get a fast pass for the fireworks or do not get, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Don't pick up a five o'clock fast pass. And, and, I'll, t- and I'll say another thing. When you go with children, pick a, f- and, and Pete, Pete said it just now, if it's worth it to your, if it's something that'll make or break your trip with your kids, don't take our advice on is it worth it or not worth it because the strategy comes into play with the next topic when it's just two adults going. That's when you you look more strategy. To, in my opinion, here tell your kids there's three. You know, say say there's you have two kids and it's hey each of you picks one and then the other one we compromise on as a family. I mean, if it's three things or if it's things your kids want to do and if they don't do that, it's going to be a wasted trip to Magic Kingdom. Make a fast pass for it, even if it is Little Mermaid, even though you don't need a fast pass. But I don't want to tell you that. And then there's some fluky day where you can't get on it. So I'm I'm going to tell you that. Don't get, <laughs> get get anything else. Just just take them take them seriously and, and talk to your kids about them because your fast pass strategy can make or break the trip. Um, and understand how to use fast passes. This is a constant in all of our episodes, but understand what you're doing with your fast passes and how to how to utilize the app. So second meal of the day, lunch. To me, this is a no-brainer. You eat quick service and you order ahead using the app. I agree. Because one thing my mom has always said is there's nothing that can, and I don't have kids, but Pete, you do. There's nothing that can derail a day, a trip, a few hours if your kids don't eat when they're supposed to eat. We always talk about eating on non-peak times. I don't know if that applies with children because they are on a routine. And if they eat at 11 or they eat at 1 or they eat at 12, they're probably their body is expecting to eat at that time again. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's tough to change any kid's meal time. I think there is definitely a benefit to doing it at Disney, especially if it's just for one day, because if you are eating at that off-peak time, you're not going to wait as long for your food, which shouldn't be an issue if you're ordering, you know, if you're mobile ordering, but you're also going to be eating at a time when not everybody else is eating. So you're going to not have as quite as long a wait for some of the rides during lunchtime. Also, I would recommend if you're taking kids to Disney, I guarantee you 100% they're not going to eat everything that they are served. If you've got two kids, you can pretty much order them one meal and they can split that meal and be and they'll be fine with it. Especially if you've had a huge breakfast buffet 
and you're gonna we'll get to dinner in a little bit but, but they they will not eat a full meal so save yourself a little money order one meal for two kids definitely can split it i mean i can split a meal with my wife and be fine you know and and i can give an example here i agree with everything our our both our mothers have taken uh, school field trips to disney world and disney gives them meal vouchers I'm sure, Pete, I don't know if your mom has told you this, but my mom says there's the kids never even come close to finishing their meal. And these are, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade age kids. I mean, kids that can eat. And so there's so much food that Disney gives. They're not bashful about it. I don't think I've ever gotten a Disney meal and said, man, they really skimped on the food. Pete's right. You, you can save time here. Have snacks in your bag if they get hungry in the middle. We're going to talk dinner here in a second, but that that's our advice on lunch. So, Talking post-lunch, pre-dinner, you've used all your fast passes by this point. What do you do next? Yeah, it really And it really depends what's important to you. You know, do you want to go see the parade? Do you want to go see more characters? Do you want to ride more rides? It really depends on what's important to you and what's important to your kids. I guess the advice that I have, and it's the same advice we give on every podcast we talk about planning for Disney World, roll your fast passes. As soon as you get on a ride, be looking for your next fast pass. Because that's truly going to allow you to do the most at Disney World. People are getting a lot better at this, though. So FastPass slots are, are getting a lot more difficult to come by. Whereas before, you know, you may be able to pick up a, a Big Thunder Mountain FastPass in the afternoon. You may be able to pick up a Haunted Mansion FastPass in the afternoon. They're becoming a lot more difficult to come by now. I think people are becoming a lot more savvy about this. Same thing. I mean, we talk about this every every podcast. What else do you want to do? It could be parades, characters, rides, additional fast passes, ride something you've already done. It, it's it's totally dependent on you know your family, your kids, and what their interests are. I, there's no rider. There's no. We can't give you the blueprint here. That this is would be totally depending on your interest. The, the one thing I'll say here is don't do any shopping yet. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna save that for if later. You, if, if you we have not shared shopping for a reason because we have a specific time slot we think you should do the shopping in. So that's a really good point. We we hadn't mentioned that yet. So let's move into dinner. We're already gonna disagree on this. I know where you're gonna go. Well, so my thought process on dinner is I think you you make a reservation and I think you get it at be our guest because to me that's the only quality restaurant at Magic Kingdom. I think you get it at be our guest. And and for a couple of reasons here. One, your kids are going to love the experience here. They're going to love the atmosphere here. You're going to see the beast. So there's another character there that they can uh, they can meet. Two, you're going to love this opportunity to sit down and have a drink or three after your long day at Magic Kingdom with your kids. Wow, Pete. I thought you were going to force the quick service for dinner. Again, I really missed your efficiency over here. So there is a quick service option for dinner, but we're talking one day in the parks. Just as we just as we said, pick a resort and hotel that's near the parks. You have to do an incredible dinner, whether that's be our guest, whether it's Cinderella Royal Table, whether it's to some people Crystal Palace. If you didn't do that earlier in the day, you know, even um, Tony's Town Square, even Liberty Liberty, Liberty Tree. Liberty Tree. I mean, those two are definitely a step below the other three. Crystal Palace is somewhere in the middle, but I would I would try and get some sort of a reservation that really is. You know, Disney, very Disney-esque. Now, uh, one thing I will swear by, you need to do an early dinner. So I, I don't like the late dinner idea. I think the park is a totally different place at night than it is during the day. If you get a 5 o'clock or a 5.30 dinner, even a 4.30 dinner I've done, you go back out into the park, you've kind of recharged the batteries, it's cooler outside, it's dark, the park's lit up. It's an awesome evening. So those those are my two pieces of advice for dinner. 
I know Pete <laughs> Pete will probably share next another piece of advice about hours and fireworks and all those things. So I'll I'll swing it back to you, brother. Yeah, make make sure that you know when the park closes and what time the fireworks start. On on our last trip, we ate at Be Our Guest, and as we were paying our check and walking out, we heard the fireworks start. And f- somehow, I thought the park closed an hour later than it did, and it and it and it didn't. So we missed the first part of the fireworks. So make sure you know what time the park closes, what time your dinner is based on that. Otherwise you're really going to screw up. You know, we had a fast pass that we missed out on because the park was literally closed. Yeah. See, and that was a, that's a, a peep mistake you would never normally see, but I, great point. I mean, understand the park hours, understand the, when the shows are, when the fireworks are, there's no nighttime parade. So you don't have to worry about that right now at magic kingdom. And And that's why, Tony's Town Square falls so low to the bottom of the list for potential dinner reservations for me is because the food at Tony's is not is not great. And unless you're sitting out on the porch and watching a nighttime parade, there's there's no real reason to eat there. I agree. I, I was I was thinking I just want to give options for restaurants. Tony's Town Square is great with children, as you've heard Pete's story as well. Uh, Lady and the Tramp didn't register for me as a kid, but some some kids love the movie and and it's very kid friendly in the restaurant. Really easy meals too. I mean, spaghetti, you know, Italian type food, pizza. It it is going to be a lot easier to eat at a Tony's Town Square than it than it is at a Be Our Guest because the food at Be Our Guest is a little bit more adventurous, I guess, than maybe you would typically see in a theme park. So no, that's a good point. So now we're getting to the end of the evening for the first topic with the parents and kids. Fireworks has got to be your number one thing. I, I you. You can do a dessert party. We've I've hit it on we've hit it on the podcast before. We've had a listener that, that reached out to explain the benefit of the dessert party from his eyes, him and his wife's eyes with their children. Don't have to fight for a spot. There's really cool treats there. Few different options. You get a good view. Definitely, if you're making a really special day at Disney World, I can't tell you it's not a good idea. It's not necessary though. And there are spots available for the fireworks in other areas. I haven't been with kids though, so maybe maybe with kids it's easier because I'm I'm, you know, six three. I can see over people. I don't have to worry about seeing the fireworks but kids you know obviously would so you have you need a good spot for the fireworks whether it's dessert party and you just take that you bite that bullet or it's you get somewhere early and pick a pick a spot out i will tell you though people will walk right in front of you it's not gonna really matter yeah i'm i'm all about the dessert party with kids i think it's i think it's a great idea you've got several to choose from i don't, I don't know the the riverboat would be kind of cool but the the Tomorrowland is also an option I think that the dessert parties are a really good option if you have kids. That way, you know, you don't have to worry about fighting for a good spot. You walk up, you take your spot, you get your desserts, you know, whatever else, and, and you're good to go. And and we've also sh- saved shopping for now. Do not shop at Disney World until after the park closes. So wait till all the attractions are closed. Wait till all the character meet and greets are closed. Do your shopping for the hour after the park closes. And they're not they're not going to kick you out. As long as you're in the park spending money, they ain't going to kick you out. On well, my last few trips, this is when I've done the shopping. On the last trip, Pete will remember that I was getting my wife's family some gifts in Epcot. Waited till the end of the evening. On our way out, popped into a couple stores. Still made it to the bus on time. I've done it in Magic Kingdom as well. If you have a couple days, I recommend getting it done outside of the parks. But if you, if you only have one day like we've set the stage for, definitely... As the uh, as the park closes, but let's uh let's swing over to without kids. We've got more experience here. We've we've got a lot more experience here. So let's go through this kind of similarly to how we went through the trip with kids. 
Let's start with where you stay. So where do you stay on a trip without kids? Does it matter? So it doesn't matter. You can say, I mean, obviously you want to stay on property. And we didn't have any assumptions here. If you haven't been to Disney World, it's a totally different ballgame than if you have. So I'm going to leave it very broad. You can stay in the Disney Springs area all the way to, you know, staying on the monorail loop in a deluxe hotel. It's one night. Can you bite the bullet to make it a special, a special trip? I, I, I would hope, I would think so. I would hope so. And we didn't even talk about what park do you go to? Because to me, it's still a foregone conclusion that you're going to go to Magic Kingdom. But I had to pull my wife on this one. Before we started the episode, I asked her. She said, if you've never been, Magic Kingdom. If you have been, Animal, she actually said Animal Kingdom, but and, and you're not interested in the World Showcase. She said Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios because they have very new things there. Her favorite park personally is Animal Kingdom, so she would probably lean there. And then if you're interested in doing the World Showcase, drinking and eating around the world, obviously it's got to be Epcot. So I don't know if that helped. I mean, you said all four parks. I We're going to assume you're going to Magic Kingdom, I guess. Okay, because I'm going to Epcot. Then you go to Magic Kingdom, I'll go to Epcot. I'll go to Magic Kingdom. You go to I'm Epcot. I'm just kidding. I can't skip Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, it, it would. It's not a Disney trip without Magic Kingdom. I don't feel like. I agree. No, I. I totally. That's why you at least have to go two days. Yeah. So where you stay doesn't matter. Again, if you're going for one day, splurge a little. Stay at the Grand Floridian. Stay at the Polynesian. Whatever. Stay at Disney Springs. Who cares? Stay close. Now the next. The next point. How do you start in the park? It doesn't change. I don't care if you're staying at Disney Springs. You better get up and get an Uber. If you're staying Monorail Loop, you're getting into the park and you're eating breakfast just like you were with kids. Yeah. I mean. I, you know, this is, I don't know why we think we just like discovered this because this is something that people have been doing for a long time, but, but it's the first time we've ever done it on a trip before. I'm telling you. And it's a fantastic it's idea. It's the best idea since sliced bread. You get up, you go into the park, you get in there early, great photo opportunities, fantastic. Fo- you're, you're in there alone, but two. Yeah. I mean, w- when we were walking through Epcot before we had our garden grill reservation, I mean, the park was completely empty. We were the second. We had all the photo opportunities we second wanted. Second group walking into garden grill. And here's the best part. You don't have kids. So you can eat as you can. What we did, we ordered what we wanted as far as drinks. And we said, go ahead and, and give us a check. Just keep the food coming, but give us the check. And we went ahead and paid. So we could get out of there right the second the second we heard Soren was open. So again, you don't have kids. You don't have to worry about the character meet and greets. You just, you, you grub as quickly as you can and you're into your day. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a staple of all of my Disney trips from here on out. Every morning. Every morning, reservation before the park opens somewhere. Best, it's the best $35 I ever spent, or 44 whatever. the I don't forget what the mo- most it cost. I don't know. It was not cheap. So, so what do you do early if you don't have kids? Again, I think it really depends on what you value. I mean, there are some people out there that really, really like character meet and greets, and if if that's you, then that's what you got to go to early. If that's not you, if you're a ride person, you've got to knock out these big rides first. And you've got to knock out these big rides early, particularly if you don't have fast passes for them. I think the easier way to do this is to say what not to do. And you don't shop. Do not spend time shopping early. Attractions, characters, even if it's getting around it and just exploring the park. It's one thing that we don't do. We talk about wishing we did more. Any of those are great. Shopping, you can save for later, uh, for sure, on the what do you do early category we have here. Fast pass strategy, I think it's all attractions. It's the same. It's all attractions. Yeah, it's the same. It's, it's all attractions. Again, unless you really value those character meet and greets. But, you know, you, you would think without kids, that's not going to be as high a priority for people. You know, if, if it's, I'll give you a couple examples here because I, I don't want to feel like we're not giving you anything for that without kids. But if it's, if it's Magic Kingdom, 
You look at your three fast passes, assuming you're not into the character meet and greets. You look at your three fast passes and you pound whatever attraction you don't have on there, whether it's Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder, or Seven Dwarfs, or Peter Pan, I guess, because that is a tough one to get. If it's Epcot, you knock out, you know, whatever you don't have between, you know, Test Track, Mission Space, Soarin', one of those three. Because if it's Epcot, you're most likely trying to ride all the attractions before the World Showcase opens. If it's Magic Kingdom, you're trying to knock out the attractions you don't have fast passes for until your fast passes begin to kick in. And it's worthwhile to use them because just because it turns to nine o'clock and your first fast pass is ready doesn't mean the standby line's not still five minutes. So that's my advice for what do you do early and for your fast pass strategy, really. Yeah. And, and after you get done with your fast, I mean, after you get done with your fast passes, you roll fast passes just like you would with kids. Make your fast passes as early as you can, make them as far out as you can. I mean, that doesn't change. And and the difference between probably having kids and not having kids is you're going to know your limitations for how far you feel like walking. So if you're in Tomorrowland, for example, and it's 1050 and you've just finished your last fast pass of the morning, you see Pirates of the Caribbean pop up for 1105. Me personally, I'm walking all the way across the park to do it. That's not everybody, though. So again, you want to keep them as early as you can. If you're not afraid to really burn up the uh, soles of your shoe, then have at it because if you take advantage of the park in that way you'll you will not stand in one standby line all day moving to lunch now quick i don't think anything changes here it's quick service because there are so many good quick service places in both epcot and magic kingdom and if that's where we're really and even animal kingdom i mean you talk about satuli canteen i think that's the best quick service in disney world i i may debate you on this one though if you're at animal kingdom because Nomad Lounge at Tiffin's is phenomenal. And it's not technically a quick service. I mean, you can sit at the bar and order food and it's pretty quick, but it's not a quick service restaurant. And I haven't eaten a Nomad's Lounge. I have not eaten a Nomad's Lounge, so I can't speak to it. But I know that Satili Canteen's fantastic. I know that I've never gone wrong doing this strategy in Epcot with quick service. And then Magic Kingdom has a variety of quick service op- options. So I hear you, but I hear you. I mean, if if you're willing to, I think you just waste. I think you waste a lot of time trying to do a table service for lunch, especially at Magic Kingdom, because unless you're going to be our guest, there's there's not a whole lot of good table service options. I've never eaten at Skipper Canteen before, so I don't I don't know how good that is. But uh, but but yeah. So after lunch, what else do you want to do? Look, this is this is your day. You want to parade? Go to the parade. You want to ride rides, roll fast passes all day. You want to wait in standby lines, by all means, go do it. This is really the time where it's not important what you want to do as long as you're doing what you want to do. And this is the same if you have kids or if you don't have kids. Just do you. I totally agree that this is, (laughs) without kids, it seems like it's much easier. And it probably is because I haven't been with with kids, but I'm sure there's much more planning and a deeper thought process that goes into it. I don't want to disregard the amount of planning that goes in regardless, but once you kind of get it set in stone, you don't have to worry about things. So what else to do? It's what you haven't done or what you want to do again. I, my afternoons at, at Magic Kingdom tend to f- I find myself at Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, like places like that, Jungle Cruise or Pirates of the Caribbean. At Epcot, I find myself finishing up the World Showcase, and for some reason, I always go ride uh, Journey into Imagination because it's, Journey it's right into Imagination, it's like right next door. So whatever, whatever you want to do with the rest of your evening before dinner, and before some of the nighttime entertainment that Disney World offers, I, I will say I'm a little, if it's just to, if, if it's you and your significant other, make dinner as special as you can, you know, be our guest dinner. Pete talks about the time that he did do 
Tonystown Square, and just the it was a fantastic evening. Cinderella Royal Table. If if you look at Epcot, La Cellier, Coral Reef. Epcot, you've got so many chefs to Yeah, I mean Epcot, you can't go wrong with almost any of them. You've got so many good options. I, I again, I don't know what's important to you. Without kids, maybe you want to go ride rides for the rest of the night. Maybe you just want to go sit on a bench somewhere and talk about your day. Maybe you want to watch the fireworks. I I will say, if you have kids or if you don't have kids, I think watching the fireworks with with people that you love at Disney is is kind of a it's a special moment, right? I mean, it's it really does something to you. It's the music, it's the theming, it's the the good over evil. Like if you're at Magic Kingdom, I don't know. There, there's, I'm probably gonna watch fireworks tonight. I'm gonna fire up YouTube. I mean, it it really it. it I'm with you, Pete. Um, there there are a lot of things to do though. I mean, if the, it, and there's a, you know the, I just said it earlier. Disney's very different from daytime to nighttime, especially if you're in somewhere like Animal Kingdom. But even Epcot and the pavilions, they're open. That you know they're still open. So if there was a pavilion you especially love during the day, maybe this is the time that you start to look at shopping in that pavilion and picking a fireworks spot out. Or there's a really good snack or drink you got. Maybe you go back for round two. No rules against going back around the world showcase. You know, there's no rules against popping over to a, a attraction you've done earlier in the day. Or Tomorrowland looks especially cool at nighttime to me. Maybe you just go explore Tomorrowland. There's your end game without kids is maybe you head to Disney Springs. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's your trip. Well, and, and I was going to say, you know, maybe your end game is we're going to go have dinner at California Grill and we're going to watch the fireworks from their little private balcony and we're, and we're not going to go back into the parks at night. It really depends on, on what you want to do. I, I think with kids, it's a little different because it's a different experience being there in the park for the fireworks than watching it from the beach at the Polynesian or from California Grill or, you know, from wherever. It is a different experience. Now, they do pipe the music in, so you do get the music. You're kind of far away. You're not surrounded by a ton of other people. So it is, but it is a different experience. So I think with kids, you definitely need to be there. You know, if it's if it's you and your wife, you and your husband, if you want to go to California Grill, like, by all means, do it. And, I, and I'll tell you some of the more entertaining evenings that my wife and I have had when we go is we leave the park, eat at the Polynesian, and go sit on the beach, grab a drink uh, right outside by the pool, and watch the fireworks from there. You can do that for free. You don't even have to have park admission to do that. But Pete's right. Without kids, your opportunities are for sure endless. I mean, with kids, it would be the most special Disney trip you've ever taken. There's nothing that would replace it. You know, it, it'd be absolutely magical. But without kids, you do have the freedom to kind of make you know, more adult decisions in, in your end game for the evening. So I think, I think regardless, Disney World's an awesome place. I know Pete gets just as excited to go, uh, you know, without kids as he's excited to go with his daughter when she's of the age to go. And so I think that was the point of this podcast to try and talk to, you can be parents and maybe taking a trip without your kids, or you can be, you know, in, in my shoes where you're married and don't have kids. Although good luck explaining to your kids why you're going to Disney World without they, yeah, them. Yeah, they have to be like one or two where they won't remember. Uh, it, you know, at age five, it's kind of like, oh, come on, mom and dad, you need to take them to Disney. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that was the uh, purpose of the episode. I, you know, it was written in and suggested to us by a father who has done Disney both ways. He and his wife have gone without the kids and they've taken the kids. So and And we would love to hear from you guys if there's anything we missed, if there's anything you'd like to do. If you disagree with our choice of parks, 
although I don't think many people will. We'd love to hear from you guys. Hit us up, send us an email, hit us up on Twitter, call Matt's cell phone, you know, whatever. So let's go ahead and move right into the trivia question and secret for the night. So the secret of the night was something I did not know, and, and I actually checked with Pete, and as I was reading it, he knew it. So it, I was checking to make sure it, he thought it was true. But anywho, did you know, during the Laughing Place scene on Splash Mountain, of course Pete knew this, it's, it's his favorite attraction. Uh, during the Laughing Place scene on Splash Mountain, a gopher pops out uh, from above you, is what Pete was saying, and shouts FSU, so for Florida State University. Apparently an Imagineer at the time was a graduate of, of Florida State and thought this would be a nice addition. It's tough to hear if you're not in the front row, and it was actually broken on our last trip. But if you're going to ride Splash Mountain anytime soon, you know, try to sit front row, try to pay attention to the gopher, and let us know if you can hear it, because I think that would be really cool, and that is one of the, one of the cooler secrets that we've, we've found on attractions at Disney. Moving to the trivia question from a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you remember, we asked you, Cinderella's horse is supposedly located on the inner ring of Prince Charming's regal carousel. What signifies that it's her horse? The horse has a golden ribbon on its tail. Uh, so if you are riding the uh, carousel and you'd like to ride on Cinderella's horse, race in there, go to the inner ring, and look for the horse with a golden ribbon on its tail. Uh, moving to the trivia question of this week, as always, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your answers or your guesses. Uh, the trivia question is, what Magic Kingdom attraction is said to have Mickey's little red car racing around the streets below? I'll read it one more time. What Magic Kingdom attraction is said to have Mickey's little red car racing around the streets below? Your hint is below. It's something below you. And it is visible, uh, so you should be able to see it if you're paying attention. As always, as I've mentioned already, tweet us WDW podcast on Twitter or email us at WDW at gmail.com. All right, anything else for this week? That is it. I, I don't think Matt has anything to add either, so we can probably wrap this thing up. All right, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.